Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Family is the first group, organization, institution, however you want to look at it, that God set up. Marriage, of course, is the institution that kicks off the family. Now, people will debate, you know, can you have a family with two, or does it have to have three? You know, let's just say this. That when you have a family, the interesting part is that you really don't get to choose. You don't get to choose who your natural mom and dad are. You don't get to choose necessarily who your brothers and sisters are. And it's a unit that is super, super important to God. It's the building block of everything that is social. Now, the thing we I think is uh, is interesting in this way: if you talk to some theologians and you say, "Well, what's the most important institution?" they would probably say the church. Not always. Your, your savvy theologian will say, "No, it's the family." Why is that? It's because, think about it, the people in the church are called what? Brothers and sisters. Those are family words. We call God Father. Why? Because that's family words. But family doesn't always function the way we want it to. You know, like I said, you don't get to choose who your mom and dad are, your brothers and sisters, and even your kids, to be honest. I mean, you get to choose to have kids, but you don't always get to choose how they turn out, quote-unquote. A lot of people beat themselves up over how their kids turn out. Um, It's interesting that there have been programs where They've interviewed the moms and dads of serial killers, and those mom and dads would say, I had no idea this was coming. Maybe not all of them, but I'm just saying, uh, the one I'm thinking specifically is Jeffrey Dahmer, and uh, I saw that, and, and his dad was like, I did not know this was coming. Now, I don't know if he's telling the truth or not. I'm going to go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt. But it's interesting, in the Bible, if you look up certain families, there's problems. In fact, in the Bible, the very first family had a huge problem. And oddly enough, the church, when it first got started, had a huge problem. 
So problems are just part of life. I mean, when Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel, you know, the story as the story goes, uh, Cain ended up murdering Abel. And uh, the passage, I think, is kind of interesting. Is uh, they were both giving offerings to God. Both of them were. And Genesis 4 forces, Then Abel brought the first lamb born to one of his sheep and killed it and gave the best parts of it as an offering. The Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering, but rejected Cain and his offering. Cain was furious, and he scowled in anger. Then the Lord said to Cain, and here's the interesting part, okay? Because God knew something was brewing. So he asked Cain, God says, Why are you angry? Why that scowl on your face? If you had done the right thing, you would be smiling. But because you've done evil, sin is crouching at your door. It wants to rule you, but you must overcome it. Well, he didn't overcome it, no. And the following verses, basically, he uh, lures his brother out and kills him. Now, there's not a whole lot of explanation in some ways as to, and there's a lot of speculation as to what the sin was. You know, some people say it was the actual offering that because uh, Abel gave uh, a, a live offering, a... Uh, a flesh offering versus uh, some people say Cain gave a grain offering, um, you know, and and that wasn't what God wanted. Uh, I tend to think it's more of his attitude. I think possibly it was even begrudging. In some ways, maybe he saw, you know, Abel doing things willingly. And he was like, oh, well, I guess, you know, my brother's doing this. I guess I better do it. You know, mom and dad will probably yell at me if I don't take the trash out. Something like that. So, if anyone says, hey, I found the perfect family. You need to take a picture of that. A lot of that stuff on TV where you see perfect families um, was very fictional. Um, in the early 60s and 70s, in the early years of television, when they had a lot of family shows like Daddy Knows Best and other groups like that, basically there had to be a problem that the whole family fixed in, you know, the space of 30 minutes. Uh, and, of course, that's not realistic. Families are a hot chocolate mess, normally. In not all families, not all families, obviously. It's interesting that when we have our own families, okay, and think about think about your family and your dedication to the Lord. All right, that can't be necessarily passed down. 
there's not what I like to call divine dynasty. You know, where all of a sudden, you know, you know all the favor and goodness that, that, that God put in one person who really dedicated themselves, you know, the, that person lays their hand on their daughter or their son. It says, okay, I'm giving all of God's favor to you. You know, you can, you can wish that as a blessing upon somebody, but ultimately it's up to that person. That's why in the Jewish teaching, in the Torah, in the Old Testament, a, a child is not supposed to be held responsible for their parents' sin and vice versa. So I've been reading the book of Kings, and what amazes me actually kings and chronicles but the, what amazes me in those two books because it covers all of the monarchy in Israel and Judah is even the good kings like Jehoshaphat and Asa and Josiah some of them had kids that were real stinkers basically the kids just you know I'm, I'm and I'm not sure about this or at least the reasoning why but um, the kids are like, oh, well, you know, Dad did this. Pfft, forget it. <laughs> you know, he he had his way, I have my way. Most of the thing is divine dynasties. That's why it always bothers me when I see churches uh, that have, like, the son taking over the ministry of the dad. Um, I think that can be very problematic. Everyone has their own call. Everyone has their own moment. Everyone has their own special relationship with God. So we have to kind of find our own way. In some ways, I think Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, did that. And uh, I know he's been very involved with the, uh, with the Billy Graham organization of late, but he started his own organization called Samaritan's Purse first. And he didn't decide to ride his dad's coattails. And, yeah, my dad's famous, uh, famous preacher. I need to do that too. It's interesting. Um, Andy Stanley, uh, who is Charles Stanley's son. Charles Stanley, uh, if you don't know, is at First Baptist Church of Atlanta, Georgia. Is the pastor there. He's on TV. And he's very, you know, pretty well known. And uh, his son, uh, Andy, has his own program. And Andy did not go the way of his dad entirely. He went into ministry, but then he kind of did his own kind of thing. And he and his dad had, had a bit of a falling out over that. Yeah, they did. And uh, so... I say all that to say this. You can't always expect your kids to take all the good things that you do. Hopefully, God will pass that on to them. Think of Moses. Get this, of course. Why didn't Mo Moses had two sons. Why didn't they take over? Because God didn't want it that way. God had Joshua take over for Moses. 
So what happened to, to it was Gershom and I think Ephraim. What happened to those dudes? Well, you know, they did the little Levite stuff because it, they were in a Levite family, right? But you don't really hear a whole lot about them. And unfortunately, later, the stuff you do hear about them, about their grandsons, uh, specifically Gershom's grandson, is he was basically a priest uh, for a idol. Well, that doesn't sound really great, does it? But I bet everyone after after him said, Yeah, Moses was my dad. Yeah, Moses was my granddad. Big deal. If God didn't come with the package, what does it matter? So, if you don't have a family, choose wisely. Choose wisely who you spend your life with. Because if God isn't in there, if you don't have room for God in your relationships then you are dooming yourself in some ways. And that's, I mean, that that's the truth. It really is. Um, family and marriage and everything else is hard enough when you're doing it all by, all by your lonesome. You really need to have God involved in the process. Because he can pull things together. And if you are a wonderful Christian couple or you have wonderful Christian parents or something like that, you can't ride their coat strings, so to speak. Their great relationship with the church and God may not be yours. And yours needs to be different because you're different. Remember, God handles everything differently with each individual. He has something special for everyone to do. Now, if you have kids, and they're just kind of acting crazy, then know this. If you've done the very best in the name of God with God that you could, then if they go sideways on you, please don't beat yourself up over it. I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a licensed mental health anybody. But let me just say that you've got to have... you you got to you got to have a positive look at certain things. And you have to look at things for what they are. If you do everything you, you can for a kiddo, and they end up going south on you, maybe there's things that you could have done better, yeah. But that's past. The main thing is that every stage you have to include the living God in there because he can help and he wants to help that's why he's called the father now unfortunately a lot of us didn't have really good fathers 
Some people had really horrible fathers. And moms. But if you did, then when you look at the Bible, when you look at the stories, please understand that God is the God of reaching out. The prodigal son story in, that Jesus tells in the New Testament is not just for sons, it's for daughters too. Because that story, I think, outlines better than anything the living God's attitude towards people and his own. He runs. He's not worried about being undignified. He's not worried about grabbing them and throwing his arms around them and crying on them. He's not worried about any of that. He is wonderfully happy that they're back and rejoices because of that. You know, if you haven't looked at that story, then look at it again. It really, really, really outlines how God feels about his sons and daughters. You know? So, with that in mind, always remember and never let anybody tell you differently. Because, I mean, this is biblical. The family is the most important unit to God. That's why he's the father. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to... Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.